Amen. Well, hey, thanks for worshiping with us. You guys can go ahead and take a seat and check out this video. Hi, JHM. I'm Sarah Scott, and I've been serving in JHM for about eight months now. So a step I took when I was in junior high, I decided to read my Bible every day and journal afterwards and applying whatever verse I was reading or chapter I was reading to my life. And that really helped um, catapult my relationship with Jesus and really set my heart on fire for Him. So a step I want to take in 2017 is really having good reflection times with the Lord and not just reading my Bible and journaling. I actually want to sit down and reflect over my past week and um, what are some things that I need to lay down, what are some um, areas of sin that I need to give to the Lord and other areas and so that's something that I really want to see change. So I reflected about two days ago over um, this past year and it really opened my eyes to a lot of things that God was um, seeing me through some really hard and difficult times. So sometimes reading your Bible every day it doesn't always work out because you don't prioritize reading your Bible um, at a certain point during the day because we're really busy and we have so many things to do. But one of the, the key goals that you can make is just leaving your Bible out on your desk or your bed so that before you leave um, your home or before you go to bed, you read it really quick and you spend that time with the Lord. I'm Sarah Scott and this is my step story. Yeah! Our leaders, Sarah, did uh, such an incredible job. Uh, and you're going to see more of those students. You're going to see more of those. I mean, this year, you heard me talk about last week if you were here. I, my hope is that you and through this year will be able to not only identify what your next step is in your relationship with Jesus, that you'd be able to share that next step with someone, which is why we have our great leaders share their steps with you, because we got to tell people what we're going to do. And that we're going to be able, for you students, to be able to know what your leader's step is, so that you know that this isn't just an old person thing telling young people thing, that you need to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. This is something that we're all doing together. We are all on the journey toward Jesus together in relationship with him. And it's not easy, man. If I didn't have people in my life, leaders when I was your age, that helped me along the way, like I would not be where I am today at all. I would not have the relationship with Jesus I have if it wasn't for them. So we have the best leaders in the world. I'm so grateful for them. Uh, and you're, we have a big thing gathering today to get ready for uh, winter camp, and it's going to be awesome. So uh, I got a question for you. We're in a new series called Freedom. I got a question for you. It's up here on the screen. Why don't you check this out? It's a very easy question, very simple. Who feels like they have too much stuff. All right. Now, and before, and you can raise your hand. Oh, I like the honesty. Okay. Listen, I would raise my hand. I'd say, I feel like I have too much stuff. And some of you might look and be like, well, I got too much stuff. How could you ever have too much stuff? You know, like, you know, I have, I feel like I've just started my collection of shoes, which is a very girl. I just started my collection of video games. I just picked those arbitrarily. But you know, like, I don't feel like I have too much stuff. And here's the thing. This is what I, I've learned throughout all my years. Okay. Uh, you know, the question of too much stuff, you know, it's good to have, you know, stuff. Sometimes we let it become too big of a deal in our lives, though. And it's not just things. You know, when I was a kid, uh, I grew up really poor, so you know, when I could have something, like, I, like, it was important to me to have something. So whenever I had money, like, I would go out and buy more stuff, because I felt the collection of things, it was really important to me, because I grew up poor. Like, I, when I was younger, uh, I had this, like, uh, this, this thing in Boy Scouts that we did, or Cub Scouts we did, where we would build this little boxcar racer, and we would race it at, like, the, we'd get everyone together, and we'd race them. And it was so important to me. I don't know why it was so important to me. It was so important to me that I would win at those things. I would either win the race or I'd win the award for, like, best-looking car. If I left that, you know, 
competition without an award, a trophy, something to hang on my wall, I would feel like a total failure. There's a lot of me tied up into winning and succeeding at that. That was really important to me. You know, in junior high, uh, I had you know, a really tough time with you know, really good friendships. Uh, I, for whatever reason, wanted to feel like I was part of the right crowd of students, like the, the cool crowd, the in crowd, the crowd that was looked at and like, oh my gosh, they're so awesome. Now, I don't know what exactly causes that, even being an adult. Now I look back and like, why was I like that? But I remember even giving up good friendships that I had because it was more important for me to be in this group or be noticed and with this level of popularity. You know, I think that we all have different things that we would take and say, well, these things, these are really important things to me. We would take and look and say, we would put this on our seat of importance. This is our seat of importance. And we all put something here on the seat of importance. And you maybe do it without even thinking about it. Uh, maybe you do it purposely, you are thinking about it, you would say, man, these things are really important to me. But everyone puts something, like for me, for instance, you know, I'm 31, so I'm extremely old, I'm getting even older, next month's my birthday, it's going to be very exciting. And even as an adult, I put things on my seat of importance all the time. You know, I am a, I'm a big, huge fan of playing Madden, I'm a big Madden player, a lot of people don't know that about me, but I play Madden at home, okay? Um, and when I play people, it's super important that I win. And it's super important that I get the newest Madden when it comes out. Like when the day it comes out, there's nothing in my world that's more important than getting that game. That's something I would put in my seat of importance. It's important to me that, you know, here, you know, at church, you know, as being a pastor of the church, that people, when they look at junior high, they are like stoked, impressed, proud of junior high. That reputation, that me being noticed, that's something that I sometimes put on my seat of importance. When other staff look and like, what's happening in the junior high ministry? And I look at them be like, junior high, never been better. Junior high is awesome. And I put that desire to be noticed and to be recognized on my seat of importance. Everyone puts something on their seat of importance. And here's the problem, though. Sometimes we don't know if, you know, that if that's the right thing. You know, maybe you have found yourself asking the question. You look around you at all the things you've accumulated, friendships, things, uh, you know, notoriety or, you know, you know, recognition for something, possessions, stuff. You look around at all of it, and you ask this question, you know, is this all really worth it? You know, is this, is everything I've accumulated, am I happy with all this? Placing it on the seat of importance that I have. You know, asking is it worth it is a good question to ask. And I think it's a question that we don't ask enough. You know, sometimes we get distracted by what we have or what's in front of us, and we actually, that, that become the most important thing. And we never even question it. Like, we used to assume, like, well, yeah, like, the stuff I have, like, it's, it's a good thing to have stuff. And it's good for these things to be really important to me, and we put it on the seat of importance. You know, but here's the thing. I think the Bible has a great lesson for us. It teaches us a different perspective of how to look at this. And I want to get into it. I want you to open up your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 10. Uh, if so, if you don't have a Bible, grab one. I think a lot of you already have grabbed one, which means I have taught you well. But, you know, if you are new here, uh, I would, this is what we do. We grab Bibles and pieces of paper and pens so that you guys can, like, take notes and whatnot. And we're actually starting something new as you're flipping Mark, chapter 10. We're starting something new. Uh, if you might have tuned in, we did a live Q&A on Instagram Live this week, me and Jerry. It was awesome. Uh, we're going to start doing those every single Thursday now. So it, on your little piece of paper, there's a part at the bottom that says questions. And if you write down a question, it can be about whatever, but it can also be about what we're teaching this weekend. And you put it in one of the boxes in the back, we might answer your question at our next Instagram Live, which is you know happening uh, on Thursday. So 
This is what it says, the book of Mark, chapter 10. This is what it says, uh, and I'm going to pair, I'm going to kind of give you a short overview of the first part uh, because we're going to get into the later part. The very first part, verses uh, 13 through 17, uh, it talks about this story. This is an incredible story. Jesus is sitting there with his disciples. He's teaching his disciples. And then, you know, these adults, these parents started coming to Jesus with their little children. And, you know, the Jesus, the disciples were saying, you know, he's a really busy guy. He doesn't have time for this. So they're telling the parents, no, don't bother Jesus. He has stuff he's got to do. He's too busy for this. Jesus sees this and hears this, and he tells the disciples that they're wrong. He actually, like, rebukes them or, like, corrects them in front of these parents, which anyone who has ever been corrected in front of someone knows how that feels. And he looked at them and said, no, 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 let the children come to me. And this is what he says. This is so important. Because you need to see faith through the eyes of a child. And these children do. Let them come to me, because unless you can see faith through the eyes of a child, you are going to miss it. Now, here's the thing. This is really, really important. Why would he use children to make this example to his disciples, and really to you and to me? Well, there's a thing about children that I really like, and I have two really small kids. They're, they're very simple. Those kids are very, very simple. Very one-track mind, very simple. You know, a lot of people think they're multitaskers. I don't know if there's anyone who would say, I'm a multitasker. I can totally walk and text at the same time until you walk into a wall. Or I can totally chew my gum and, like, you know, pat my belly and do tap my head. Not everyone can do this. You know how much practice this took? This is very, very hard to do. And it, it's impressive. I know it's very impressive. And it's impressive because not everyone can do it because it's really hard to, like, think about doing two things at once. Now, here's what I love about children. Very one-track mind. So when they are looking at what, when a child looks at what they're putting on their seat of importance, they're not being distracted by everything that I think me and you are distracted by, you know, as young people, as adults. And Jesus sees this, and he's pointing this out to the disciples. You need to have faith like this. Now, here's what I want you to write down. Jesus cares more about us than what makes us happy. Jesus cares more about us than what makes us happy. See, Jesus cares about our happiness, yes, but he, he cares more about who we are and who we are becoming as, as followers of Jesus and having a relationship. He cares more about that than he cares about what we have and making us happy. You know, sometimes when someone wants to just make you happy, typically they will tell you just what you want to hear. And if you give a little, maybe they tell you something you don't want to hear, and you give them a little pushback, and then, you know, they'll change what they're saying in order to, you know, make you happy so that you won't be upset. Here's the thing I love about Jesus. Jesus does not, you know, say whatever he needs to say to make you happy because he cares more about you than just your happiness. It's easy to make someone happy. Just give them what they want, tell them what they want to hear, treat them the way they want to be treated, always say yes to them. You know, Jesus could easily do that. See, Jesus cares more about you than cares just about making you happy. See, I want you to write this down. Uh, the Bible doesn't look, the Bible doesn't look, uh, down on people who have things they consider important. The Bible doesn't look down on people who have things they consider to be important. You know, Jesus isn't sitting there, you know, judging us for the things we have. He's not looking, you know, peering into our room from heaven being like, oh my gosh, they have two game systems instead of one. How dare they? He's not doing that. He's not looking at you and the things you consider to be important. Rather, it be your sports stuff or your music stuff or, you know, there's this gal who I was just talking to who got a lead in a play that she's doing, which I think is just so exciting. I could never do that. I'd embarrass myself in a play. Uh, I'd just be so bad. You never want to see that. Uh, God doesn't look at the things that we consider to be important and say that, that those are bad. 
He doesn't look down on us for those. But this is what he does say. He says that those things need to be put in context as important or unimportant in our life. Now, those things can be important. Those things can be things that we really value. But here's where it gets dangerous. When we value those things more than we value relationship with him. You know, we're going to take a look at uh, the story in the Bible. This is such a great story. Uh, and remember, we're talking about the seat of importance. We're talking about the things that we put on this seat, the things that will hold value, the most important things in our lives. That's what it says in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 10, starting with verse 17. As Jesus was starting on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Which is an incredible question. I've been asked this question before by students. You know, what does it take to go to heaven? What must I do? What's the deal? Uh, This is what Jesus said, uh, verse 18. Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments, which most of you guys, you guys know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not, uh, you must not testify falsely, so you don't lie or give false witness. Uh, you must not cheat anyone, honor your mother and father. Like These are all things that I think we could all say, and we do those things. Uh, verse 20, teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And the truth is most of you guys have too. I mean, most of you guys could probably run down this list of commandments and say, yeah, I've done these things. Here's the problem. When we make faith in Jesus about a checklist, we lose relationship with him. When we make our faith in Jesus about a checklist, we lose relationship with him. When we make our relationship with Jesus about all the things we've done, well, then there probably means there's a list of things we haven't done, and maybe we'll feel guilty or shameful about that. And that's not the purpose. You know, when Jesus asks questions, there's always more to his question. There's always more that he's trying to get to. There's more that he's trying to say. That's what I love about him so much. This is what it says, uh, this is what it says in the next verse, verse 21. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. You know what's so hard? This is what's so difficult. You see this and you're like, oh my gosh, that must be really, I mean, this, this guy was a really rich guy. And remember, we're talking about what we put on the seat of importance. Because I mean, there's going to be things that make it onto the seat of importance, and there can't be multiple things on at once. Something's important, it means that something is unimportant. You know, for this guy who's really rich, Jesus looks at him and says, you got to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. You know, and then come follow me. Why would you say that? You know, here's the thing that I love about Jesus. He knows the, the hard things to say to us. You know, he, he's the friend that says the difficult thing, even when it's not easy to. I want you guys to write this down. This is what it says on the screen. Because I love you, I'm going to tell you something you won't want to hear. And, and this is, he, Jesus knows what this thing is for each and every one of us. He knows the thing that we don't want to hear. You know, this rich guy does not want to hear that he has to sell all of his stuff. He puts a high value of importance. His stuff, his wealth, what he's accumulated, that sits on his seat of importance. Does it mean that it's not important? It's important, but it sits on his seat of importance. And Jesus, this is what he does. He goes right for the thing that this guy holds is most important. You know, this blows my mind. Why? Well, there's always more, I want you to write it down, there's always more to the questions Jesus asks. There's always more to the questions Jesus asks. You know, he wouldn't ask this guy to do this if he wasn't seeing the bigger picture. You know, he wasn't asking this guy to do it just, just, you know, randomly. It wasn't a random selection that he would say to this specific guy to sell everything. It wasn't just because he was wealthy. It's because this guy specifically held his wealth in the seat of importance. It was a thing that he wasn't willing to give up. 
You know, I'm sure if Jesus said to him, you know what it takes to come follow me and have eternal life? You know, this is all you need to do. You just need to be willing to serve poor people more and then come follow me. And I'm sure this guy would have said, oh, just serve poor people more? I'll, I can do that. That's easy. You know, you know Jesus, you know, what, what can I do to inherit eternal life? you know what it would take? You know, rich guy, this is what you have to do. You just have to, you just have to learn more verses. You just have to learn more verses and be able to quote them. And the guy would probably say, man, that sounds really easy. I could do that. See, here's the thing I love about Jesus. When he asks these questions, he's not asking for the easy thing. He's asking the things that he knows are the hard things for us. Like he's asking the things that he knows that we've put on the seat of importance, the things that have become a distraction. Now, does he value and think it's okay for people to have stuff? Of course he does. But this guy, and maybe like you, he's taken things and put him on the seat of importance. And it far outranks God in his eyes. Because this is what it says in the next verse. This is so mind-blowing. This is what it says. At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad. For he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Listen, this is so good. We're talking about the seat of importance. Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. I mean, if you've ever seen the eye of a needle, it's very, very small. There's no way for a camel to get through there. You know, for a rich guy, and he, he, this is just the story, he could use any example, but for the rich guy who values being rich and puts that on his seat of importance, it is impossible for that guy to enter the kingdom of God because he will always put his wealth in the seat of importance. Here's why he says children. You might have caught from the verses we talked about before that Jesus sat there with the children and said, you know, if you have faith like a child, like you have to see it through the eyes of a kid. You know, I imagine Jesus sitting there with his disciples and they're all still learning. This is like his little life group. And he's all still learning and he sits there with his disciples and, and he may be crouching down and he's looking at them eye to eye. And he's like, do you guys get this? Like, are you guys getting this thing about the seat of importance? Like, it's impossible for people who, who value all these other things above me. It's impossible for them. You know, it's impossible for them with all the distractions. It's impossible for them to have two different priorities. It's impossible for them to have two seats of importance. There's only one thing that makes it on the seat of importance. And if you don't look at it like a child, if you don't look at it with the simplicity of a child, you're going to miss it. And so many of us do. So many of us will walk out of here, hop open our phones, we'll look at how many people liked our last photo, and we'll be more depressed by that, feeling like we failed, because that, that notoriety to us, that, that, that thing that we can show to everyone else, like people like what I'm doing, that affirmation, we've put that on our seat of importance. And that, that outweighs everything out to us, because that's the thing. And if Jesus was standing here, and he was, willing, he was looking at you saying, and you said, what would it take for me to have eternal life? And he said to you, well, you know what? You just have to you know, get rid of your Instagram account. You just can't worry about that stuff anymore. You need to come follow me. People would be looking around like, what? And some people wouldn't care. I wouldn't care. Like, Instagram, that's not the most important thing to me. But for someone who's put that on their seat of importance, it would be impossible for them. But that's the thing I love about Jesus. He will ask you the thing that is the hardest thing for you. Because he knows you better than you know yourself. And when you find that moment that he looks at you and says, what is truly on your seat of importance? You know, maybe you, find, maybe you ask this, and I, this is on the screen. You know, next time you ask what's on, you know, what's the thing that's on your seat of importance, this is what I want you to think about. Next time you're not sure, ask, would Jesus define this as important or unimportant? See, because all those things are important. Those things have a place of importance. 
But are they important or unimportant to be the, the sole thing on your seat of importance? The thing that defines you, defines who you are. Like when people say, you know, oh, Justin, you know, the, you know that guy, you know, what, what's the story with him? I hope that people wouldn't reference my social media accounts to define who I am. That's just me. Maybe that's not you yet, but I believe it can be. But that's me. I hope that people, when they say, oh, Justin, I hope they would think of me as a, a great father, a great husband, someone who loves junior high kids and loves being a pastor, that, you know, that follows Jesus, that, that doesn't do it privately but does it publicly, and that they would say, those are the things that I value because those are the things I place on my seat of importance. You know, when we're kind of going through life and thinking, well, well, you know, I'm just not sure, you can ask, would Jesus define this as important or unimportant? And here's the bottom line. This is what I want you to walk away with today. This is what it says you read. Jesus will help me. So this is what, you know, you talking. Jesus, would help, Jesus will help me define the important and unimportant in my life. Jesus will help me define the important and unimportant in my life. So when that moment happens, and it, it absolutely will, when you get into the car and your parents look at you, they turn the heat up in the car, put the windows up, it's super hot, you're sweating, you feel like you're being interrogated, and they look at you and say, so what did you learn today? My, this is my tithe money, is it making a dent? Are you learning it? And they, they put the spotlight on you, and you look at them, and you're like, wipe the sweat away. You're like, you know what? I did learn something today. I learned that Jesus will help me define the important and unimportant in my life. And then you look back at your parents, and what do you say to them? What did you learn today, mom and dad, grilling me with the hot spotlight? Because here's the thing. If you can walk in, here's what's so hard. Here's what's so hard. Typically, we take what we learn on Sunday, and this is always my hope, that what we learn on Sunday or Saturday night for our Saturday night people doesn't just stay here. My hope is that you can walk into your next week and be able to apply some of this. And this is, so this is what we're going to do today in response. Uh, and some of the leaders are going to start passing stuff out. This, this is what we're going to do today. Uh, we have these yellow cards that we printed. Very, very simple stuff. Blank is more important than blank. Okay, very, very simple. So before you fill it out, let me explain it. Response time for us is really, it's really a next step time, which really we should probably just call it next step time. Because this is your opportunity, students, to take what you just learned and to take one little step. I'm not asking you to take 10 steps. I'm not asking you to commit to something. We're not loading you on a bus right after this and going somewhere. This is my hope that you can just take one little step in the direction of embracing the idea of what is sitting on your seat of importance. I put a couple examples down here on the screen. You're going to see these examples. These are ones that I came up with uh, from my own life. So for instance, dinner time is more important than my iPhone. Now, and this is, these are me, and these are recent. So you're talking like me at my table with my family, and I'm sitting there on my phone. Family time for me has to be, it is more important than my phone. When I was in junior high, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have said this in junior high, but I really wish I would have, that friendship, like really healthy, good friendship, is more important than popularity. Because those people, you're not going to talk to those people in 10 years. But in 10 years, those friends who are like your core friends, the people that really know you for you, they're going to be there. Uh, helping others, so this is a more recent one as well. Helping others is more important than just having more for myself. And Jesus is more important than sleeping. That's the one that I wrote down because I want to be in the Bible every day in the morning. Before I get out of bed, before my feet hit the ground, I want to open the Bible and I want to read a little bit. Now here's the thing. You can fill it out as, we're ta as I'm talking. Because you know what your thing is. Chances are you immediately know what your thing is. And you're not handing this in to me. Uh, I'm not taking this. We're not hanging it up somewhere. My hope for you is that you take it home, put it on your mirror. Now, I mean, and what would that be like? 
what would it be like when you go to school starting tomorrow, instead of starting, I don't know how your days start off, okay? I don't know how your days start off. But imagine if your day started with looking at something on your mirror that helped you define the important and unimportant in your life. Imagine if you started your day being able to say, you know what, today, this is important and this is more important than this. And I'm going to make sure I do more of this and less of this. And that is how you start off your week. Here's my hope. That you guys lead, take this card, leave it somewhere that you'll see it. If you had questions, I hope you guys put them in the thing. Because we're going to do this thing on Thursday. Me and Jeremy, it's going to be great. We have Red Bull there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, let me pray for you guys. And then we're going to go. Remember, there's still space for you at winter camp. There's never going to be a moment. There's not space. And we literally leave next Friday, so you're not going to want to miss it. All right, let me pray for you before we go. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for you and everything that you have done for us. Thank you for creating us, for loving us, for sending your son to die for us. And we hope that we can have open ears and open eyes to see the things that are important and unimportant in our life. That we be able to ask you with boldness without fear, when we're not sure what is important and unimportant. That we would never leave things on the seat of importance that become distractions and become our identity, become who we are. Because, Lord, we want to say who we are, our people that are building a relationship with you, Jesus. Thank you for today. Let us have a great week. Let us apply what we learned, and let us have a great time doing it. Pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, doors going up. See you guys later. Enjoy yourselves. Goodbye. Is this me? So this is really good. I'm going to keep this. I like this. You're a really good drawer. Did you really? You're amazing. Later, dude. Later. Keep it real, bros. Hey, I talked to your mom about camp. We got to make it happen. You come over here.